episode 73 of joey hates everything with joey capuana thanks for listening everybody uh we got mark Emery here again for three episodes in a row he's approaching his record for most consecutive appearances which i believe is four hoping we get five markel has been doing very good and he's got a good idea for today's episode but before we get to that i do want to get to something um extremely exciting and important And hopefully you guys can help me out with this. I'm going to be doing what's called a bringer show. Um, Hopefully, hopefully if I can get all the tickets sold and I think that I can, uh, they're free tickets. You just have to basically sign your email up and and say that you'll be there. Um, It's going to be at stand up live, which is basically where all the famous guys do their shit. And with how many comics there have been at the last few open mics, this I may be lying to myself here to make myself feel good, but I, I hope it's true. I did send them a link to the podcast, not expecting them to respond at all. This is uh, New Faces Arizona that's running the show. So if you're hearing this right now and you live in the Phoenix area or you'll be there anytime around March 26th, that is the day, um, please let me know. Just DM me or text me, hit me up on Snapchat, whatever you got. And let me know if you can come to it, because if I can get 10 of them sold, we can actually do the show. All right. The only other thing is it looks like the T-shirts are going to work out. I'll be putting the pre-order out uh, for that. For that, As soon as I know all the details, please look for that this week. The last T-shirt sold out immediately. Uh, this time we're going to have five different designs with three sizes for each of them. So please look for that. Um, that being said, let's get into this episode. Uh, Markel, like I mentioned just now, has been taking this a little more seriously. I think it's because he knows the YouTube video got 101 views. Go share that if you haven't yet to help us out. Uh, he knows I'm becoming famous. That's that's the uh, Joey Capuana channel on YouTube, and it's the Goldsfield Renaissance Joey Reports video. And Markel knows that I'm becoming famous now, so he's finally starting to take the show seriously. So he came up for the idea with this episode. He has everything written, hasn't given me really too much of an idea of the topics. But uh, Markel, I'll let you sort of introduce what you've got here. All right, pretty much I have a list a list of things. And um, I'm going to be asking you what you hate the most about them. That sounds good to me. I am vaping right now, full transparency. The the next shipment of nicotine toothpicks is on the way. Um, that's probably this episode, if I'm correct, Markel, is going to be just, yeah, discussing things I hate, which I'm uh, pretty sure we haven't done somehow on this episode. You're going to hear a lot of this noise during this episode. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing about the Jews. No, I'm just kidding. I don't think that's one of the topics. Markel, go ahead and give us number one. All right. What do you hate the most about Minnesota? Okay, so Minnesota, here's the thing. If you don't have kids, if you don't have a goal of raising a family there and you already haven't started a career, we've talked about this before, $50,000 is the median. If you haven't gotten to either of those points, you need to get out. It's affecting your mental health more than you actually know. I love Minnesota. I'll be a Vikings fan as hard as it is until I die. That's pretty much my identity connection to that place. I've been reading about that lately. That's a real thing. Sports depression. You feel like a a real connection to that team for whatever the fuck reason. And so you feel like you personally lost when they somehow bang out 13 wins in the season. The most you've ever seen since you were born. And then they lose to a team that almost didn't make the playoffs. That part is very frustrating being a Vikings fan, but you can put that aside for a very big chunk of the year. Um, The awesome parts about Minnesota is there's a lot of places that are very, they're very safe. Uh, The Minnesota nice thing can be really good when you're in Minnesota. I really think people go along with that culture, but the reason I say you need to leave (coughs) The reason I say you need to leave is because if you can't go outside, people forget about that. Vitamin C, when you're not forcing it into your body, when you're letting it cascade onto you in the sunlight, that's extremely important. And stepping through Wait, slush. you just call it vitamin C? I said vitamin D, bro. Like, clearly, clearly it's a problem with your 
I thought it was vitamin oh. C. Is it vitamin D? Yeah. I'll accept that L. Um, you get my point, though. That's that's the worst part about talking in this tone of voice is acting like you know exactly what you're saying and then getting something wrong like that. But the point, the thing I do hate about Minnesota is the fact that you are constantly trapped in a blizzard for seven months of the year. And it, it might as well be a blizzard. It's really not about the snow. It's about how painful it is to step outside and feel that wind go through you to the point where your body is naturally grasping its muscles so hard together to i don't know keep blood near your heart or some shit like that that it hurts your back it is physically painful for <laughs> to live there for about six months out of the year i would say those are the things that i i hate about that uh let's go next one all right pennsylvania Pennsylvania, um, you could talk about the weather. The weather is a tough part of it. There's a lot of humidity due to the amount of moisture out there, and that can be tough. But for the most part, if you have air conditioning, which is for some reason only about 50% of the places out there just come with air conditioning, that's illegal out here to give you an idea of how hot it is in Arizona in the summer. But I remember in Pennsylvania, um, the cost of living being a big problem and also just the culture. They, not as much as Philadelphia, Philadelphia, um, pretty much on the other side of Pennsylvania, they embrace the trash side much, much more. And it's a much trashier, sadder garbage place than Pittsburgh. I have so much more respect for Pittsburgh than I do for Philadelphia. And that will always be, I only lived there three years, but I do feel like there was some sort of connection I had with those people out there. The problem is that it's very much accepted to like call your wife a cunt. And then the next day it's like, just that's part of drinking. Our, I'm not talking about RJ, but I am talking about RJ's friends. The things I've heard them say uh, to their girlfriends or do while they're fucked up or drunk. And I'm not going to name anybody particular, um, but it's just, it's not good. And it's very much just a part of it out there. Um, I've talked about on this show before. One reason I liked living out there was just having a job, paying your rent and your bills and not being addicted to drugs. You're doing very well in Ambridge, Pennsylvania, if you can check all of those boxes. I mean, there is uh, some bad shit out there. I remember the last month I was there, like, it's just, it's garbage people. There was a, a mom who shot her two kids in the face because one of them was trans and the other one supported trans rights. Like the month before that, a 14 year old shot a priest in, in the neck in front of a church. Like it's, it's um, people just sort of gloss over those things and it's part of life. And I didn't want to really embrace the trash stuff anymore. I got to give RJ and his wife alicia credit on this because it's not they don't they're not trash people they live amongst the trash um and they are they're friends with some trash but they keep a clean house um they take care of their kids and they're not drunk during the daytime i think those are another three boxes you can check and probably say you're a good pennsylvania resident and you're doing well um if you're getting that stuff done but really yeah i guess it all comes down to um it was kind of sad it got to one point out there to just be around that stuff and that's part of the reason i left uh hit me with the next one all right what do you hate most about arizona um i talked about the cost of living in the last one and what i meant to say cost of living versus the average wage for a job if you don't have an education background so i I do have a high school diploma, which I think there'll be some people that are shocked to hear that, but I do. Uh, shout out to my dad for basically forcing my bitch ass to finish high school. Uh, I don't have a college degree. And in my opinion, that is really all that matters. So when you, if you decide to live in a place like Arizona, Markel and I were talking about this yesterday on the phone, you need, you do need somewhere around $20 an hour. And, um, I'm, I'm almost there. I'm getting to that point. Hopefully I can swing that in the next year because it's getting to a point where they're going to raise your rent at least $75 each year. 
and the jump per month is not sustainable if you're at a job where no college degree is required. I do think that's all that people give a fuck about. So they will put you on the front lines for just enough to afford apartment, an apartment and a phone bill and potentially have you uh, get stabbed by a crackhead over pants. <laughs> but that's in, in the end, in the end, it goes back to what we were talking about with Minnesota and Pennsylvania just before this. There's no blizzards. Okay, it barely even fucking rains here. And on top of that, there is a level of class. Now that can also hurt. All right. I had like <laughs> in the jobs episode, we talked about I was working for 17, I think $16 an hour as a concierge at an apartment where 30 year old millionaires were hanging out. That will make you feel like um, like maybe you failed at this life and you should try in the next one and just take a quit, uh, a quick quit on this game. However, at the same time, when you're leaving that job and it's 11 o'clock at night and still 60 degrees, that makes you it's a back and forth volley between going, I just I hate this. I'm not sure that I can keep living here versus damn, if I have to go back to mud, rain and snow mix for a straight three months, January through March, probably April on most years in Minnesota, then I'm going to start cutting myself. Like it's, um, it's very much a balance of what you can handle. And I'm barely hanging on with the money stuff. So I think I am happy I lived here. I, I moved here, but I would say the thing I hate most is probably how much it costs to live here. It's fucking ridiculous and unfair. Uh, how many of these do we got? How many how many subjects do you have for this? I have fifteen. Okay, perfect. Let's. I think we can get like most of an episode at the very least out of this. So let's just keep going. All right. What do you hate most about jobs? I think this is an easy one, and I think most people know what I'm going to say here. The thing I hate most about going to a job is the fact that they are making so much money off of you. We, I, I will keep talking about it. I can't get over this. Your job does not matter unless you make $50,000 or more or you have kids. That's the only two reasons it could possibly matter. That's the only reason to let some fucking guy who hasn't shaved in three days tell you to go mop the floor when that has nothing to do with your job description. I'll pull out my fucking cock if you try and tell me that right now. I'm not, I don't do it. The other day, somebody asked me, to go unsnake a toilet. And I was just like, dude, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, but that I don't do that. That's not a me thing. And I was saying that to my supervisor. Like you have to have, when it comes to jobs, the problem I have with it is um, you are expected to just completely conform even if you're being paid no money. Uh, I want to specify, there was a couple of the jobs episode we talked about a few weeks ago. I was tr just trying to get through the episode quickly. And I mentioned I'm involved in a company wide lawsuit. And then I talked about <laughs> spitting into another person's food. Okay. It is not about me spitting. The lawsuit has nothing to do with me spitting in anyone's food. Trust me. That would be very bad. And I don't think I would be in the same mood I'm in when I do these podcasts. If I was like facing jail time, for, this was right at the beginning of COVID when I did that. That could be considered attempted murder at this point. Um, they put me right up there with, with fucking, what's his name? Chauvin. He knew. He knew. It sounds like I'm defending Derek Chauvin there. I'm not. Um, the, the lawsuit involves them not paying people while they were doing what's called side work. So Markel, you've never worked as a server before, correct? Correct. So in Pennsylvania, that's pretty much the only place I've worked as a server. Um, and the law out there is they have to pay you a minimum wage that has been modified to match the average you make per hour off of tips, if that makes any sense. So because it's yeah. such a garbage state, that comes down to $2.87 an hour 
when you're doing something called side work. Okay, let's say it's not busy. My boss can tell me, go, he can go, uh, hey, I'm going to need you to do uh, some side work while, while we wait for it to pick up. And you're being paid 287 to scrape dried ketchup out of the corner of a fridge. Like it's, it's the type of shit that makes people start using opioids on a daily basis. It's very fucked up. <laughs> and the lawsuit is because that is not, that is not legal. That's what they were telling us was legal. You can't just pay somebody 287 an hour to do that work. In fact, I think I just, I misspoke right before that. You can pay people, you have to pay people 287 an hour to wait tables. And then what they make um, on their tips is calculated into their wage in Pennsylvania. You cannot pay people $2.87 an hour to um, do side work, go clean up bullshit, go mop floors, refill ice cream. That's not worth $2.87 an hour. I mean, that's slavery. That's prison wages right there. Um, but they got away with it because people are so let's just be honest. Like it sucks to admit this, but I've worked so many of these jobs where the people are not smart enough to see that. Like they had an entire restaurant of mentally ill individuals convinced that that was okay. And I was just like, yeah, this is a shitty job and a shitty place to live. That's kind of how it goes. Now there's a company wide lawsuit where somebody just happened to talk to their lawyer uncle or somebody. And they were like, yeah, they're making us do this for blah, 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 an hour. And the guy was like, Oh, oh shit. His, his Jewish cock just got hard. He was like, Oh my goodness. This is a thing we can, we can get in there. Um, I don't even know if the guy's Jewish. I think it's been too many Jew, Jew jokes on the last few episodes. What, what am I Shane Gillis? <laughs> um, but the, it really comes down to the fact that they got away with that for so long and you hear about it every week in the news. They get away with that stuff. They do it to people that are 16 years old, right? Um, we talked a few weeks back. Markel, I don't think you were on that episode. There was something called the Packer Meat, meat Packing Plant in Minnesota. And they were hiring 16-year-olds, having them work overtime for the regular wages. Like, you can't have anyone uh, uh, working with that type of machinery that's under the age of 18 and they're also stealing wages from them by not paying them time and a half for their overtime. And that happens so much more than you would actually think. It's happening to somebody you know right now. Like that guy from college that you know that barely survived alcoholism and then he got out of prison and he can see his kids twice a week. That guy's probably getting fucked over at his job and there's nothing he can do about it. And that will exist for as long as we have uh, what I have deemed to be extremist capitalism like we care more about businesses making money than we do about actual human life in this country and as long as corporations run everything which they do that will never change um <clears throat> that's pretty much i i think a good way to break it down is they jobs that pay people just barely enough to hang on sort of tend to abuse those people uh, and I've experienced that so much through the years that I would probably place that as my number one for that subject. <clears throat> what do we got next? Uh, what do you hate most about being 25? Well, I've heard a lot of people talk about this in the sense of when you're, when you turn like 15 all the way up until 21, the general consensus is you're like, okay, I'm not a kid anymore. I've got this figured out. Like now I know about adult shit. People are treating me with a little bit more responsibility and respect than they did before. And you think you're an adult. And then at 23, uh, you know, 22, 23, somewhere around that age, you have a mental breakdown, or at least I did. And you realize, oh my God, I don't know anything. Like I'm still a little baby boy. I don't know how to do any of this shit. I don't know how to keep all of this that I have going on in my own head. That's part of the reason um, I stopped doing the podcast for like four months is I was just so overwhelmed. I was like, I don't think I can even handle my regular life. How the fuck am I supposed to make something work? That's pretty much a one in a million shot. And I got very depressed about that. I couldn't even 
you know, I got, I got hooked onto this idea of trying to make 50 K a year. And so I kept trying to get jobs over and over again. That would just hit me with that bullshit. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. This fight you got in seven years ago, we just don't really want that. So you mean the one I got into when I was still in high school? Um, so basically all the things that have follow you from the part of your life where you were the dumbest ever, pretty much ever, because that's where you started to get your own, your chance to go out on your own, but you still have the mile, the mind of like a little kid. And it's trying to figure that out. Um, hoping that you figured it out by say like 25, like I'm going to be 30 years old in less than five years. I feel like mentally I'm 17 or 18. I feel like I'm very, very behind in um, in where I should be as a 25-year-old, and that's a lot of pressure. The worst part has got to be the pressure. That's got to be the thing I hate the most is I feel like all of a sudden we're, I'm down 15 points in the fourth quarter. I got to get a touchdown. I got to get the ball back, and then I got to score and get another extra point in order to just be happy. Like I'm getting to the point where I realize – I know what I want to do, but I'm running out of time where this is still cute. I've, I've said that before on the podcast, I think, before. When your age is, I don't know, 15 to, to 26 maybe, it's, it's cute to ride the skateboard to work and to do the podcast, want to be a comedian, only make 40 grand a year, and live in a uh, dusty studio apartment with holes in the floor as you walk to the apartment. There's only so long that that works for before people go start going, this guy's a fucking loser. And so I feel like I just, I don't know if it was this last acid trip, but I just kept getting in my mind, like you are running out of time here. The, the clock is ticking. You need to start getting going. And um, that's, I think, what's motivated me to do a lot of shit lately. But also it's caused a lot more stress. So I hate the feeling of, of getting old. The way people talk about getting old, like, please just don't. Uh, it makes me, it makes me upset that it bothers you that much. And it makes me wonder if it's going to bother me that much. The good thing for me, it's all going to come down to if I can keep my hair. Okay. Right now it's like, I think it's a 50, 50 shot. It has receded, but you can't see it unless I pull back the front of my hair and my hair is pretty short. Just to give you an idea. If I lose the hair, um, I pretty much have no choice to, but to do steroids, and I already don't have a big penis. So we're moving around issues. We're, we're working on issues while putting a Band-Aid on the other one um, to try and make this a happy 30s and 40s. And I'm scared that if the hair goes, I'll I, I might just kill myself. Honestly... Honestly, I think the people understanding uh, that listen to this podcast and know me wouldn't even be that upset because of how bad it would look. If I can't get jacked and I'm bald, I'm pretty much going to have no choice. Um, that'd be a, it'd be a, a great YouTube video. Made that retarded joke too many times this week. That's probably what I hate the most about being 25. I guess I could ask you that. What do you hate the most about being 25, Markel? Um, I guess kind of like the same thing that you said, like feeling like you're kind of behind and like feeling that pressure to like really pursue something. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it's um it sucks a little more for someone like me where dude, I, I do believe that wanting to be famous is a little bit of a mental illness based on the fact that 99% of the people I know want nothing to do with that. And that's pretty much like, I've gotten to a point where I'm like, if I can't make this work and I can't get paid to do something involving entertainment, I don't think I can be happy. Whereas for you, like I'm just thinking about, and you, you've said, you know, I'm not going to bring up the, recent events and things like that. I'll let you bring that up on your own, on your own time. But your, your, your goal is to not, is not to do something that's like one in a million. Yours is very attainable, you know? And that's not, that came out kind of sounding shitty. Like it came out sounding like, 
bro, what I'm my, my max is fucking up here. Yours is you can get to yours. It's not even that much weight, bro. That's what it sounded like, and I didn't mean for it to sound like that. I meant for it to sound like you're much more of a, a sane person when it comes to what you want to do, and I do think that you can get to that point. Yeah, take some time. Markel fucking sells pills, bro. How hilarious is that? I work at a pharmacy, bro. It's legal. I think everyone's job is a subconscious of like maybe what they kind of want to do. Like, let's be honest. We both kind of want to commit crimes still. We just don't because now we understand the consequences. And so I'm in, I'm involved with like fighting people over bullshit and, and you, um, and you help supply the opioid crisis in this country. Sorry, I'm pissing into a bottle right now. That's why I don't seem as focused. That's what I do for this show. Oh, God, running out of room on this one. We're going to have to switch bottles midstream. Oh, I hate this. Oh, I think shit. this is, like, bad for your kidneys, too. Ah, fuck. I don't like that. You can, like, feel it go back up into your body, and that's definitely not something I enjoy. Can you hear the you piss in the mic? the whole bottle? No. It was a very small bottle. It's just a Jack Daniels <laughs> bottle of whiskey that I was ripping because I'm having a panic attack about the rest of my day as I record this podcast. Um, look out for the episode that we will be recording tonight, hopefully, with comedian David Earl Reed. This was the one guy who was nice to me. Actually, you know, for how much of a faggot I was making out of myself, I would like to say that all these guys were nice to me. But he was the only one who hit me up afterwards, which makes me feel way worse. Like if none, like I asked three people um, for their numbers through the podcast and maybe like, you know, talk about open mic stuff. One of them out of the four hit me back. So uh, that's how that night went. And very thankful that this guy did it. Go check out his YouTube channel. He's got some, some stuff on there. This man, I swear to God, looks like he's 29 years old and he's got a set on YouTube that was clearly shot in the 1990s. He looks like he stole Jerry Seinfeld's clothes and it was being recorded through the VHS filter from Snapchat. But good for him. Honestly, if you can have that much life experience and still look like you're that young, goes back to what I, you know, hoping doesn't happen to my hair. If I can make it a little bit further with the hair and I, I think that my face is going to mold into a little bit of a hot guy. And once I look older, it'll fit better with the dad bod. And then I keep like the scruffy hair type thing, actually be able to grow facial hair. And then I'll be able to bang 25 year olds when I'm 15 years older than them. True, true. Uh, you said your dad listened to this podcast the other day. Do you think like he, I believe what he said verbatim was, it was pretty good. But do you think he believed that? Um, probably. Uh, did he listen to the episode where I called you, where I called you MQ, codename Major Cutie, and then did he, did he um, potentially think that we are gay lovers because of that? No, that was, that was episode 71. He listened to episode 72. Okay, good, good. I didn't want you to... You know, I have to fight your dad or something. That's a joke about um, gay dads not being accepting of their gay black son, which Markel is not. But um, I would like to know, like him to know that he will be uh, accepted on this podcast if he uh, ever does swing the other way. Uh, what do we got next on the list? All right, moving on. All right, what do you hate most about traveling? Easily the the... There's something about when you have something going on the next day, it's like it feels like Christmas for uh, an adult. The same way that I feel when I'm about to get on a plane because I'm a trash person and I only get to do it about once a year is the same feeling that a child gets when they're trying to sleep before Christmas Eve. I get very excited about it. 
Um, I, I get nice clothes together. Uh, now I'm sounding like the gay one. Um, I get like a nice outfit together. I get all my shit packed the night before. And then I watch the hours go by <clears throat> and I count them. Okay. If I fall asleep right now at 4am, I'll be able to get eight hours before I have to leave for the airport. Okay. Now it's 5am, three hours and so on. And then when you get to the actual airport, it's just so fucking annoying to be around other people <laughs> in that close of a proximity. TSA, it's there's always somebody that doesn't understand it, which is fine. I've been there before. And then there's always when you get to the plane, there's somebody that's trying to put way too much shit in the overhead overhead bin, which is affecting the time before we take off, as well as the time that we get at, off afterwards. Don't. Hey, fuck you. If you're putting three things up there, if you're somebody that's literally taking your time. Let me explain something that I've always known since I was a child. My parents taught me this and it's one of the most, it's something that I am so fucking thankful that they explained to me as a kid. When you're in line, that's where you're planning where you're going to do what you're going to do when you get to the front of the line. All right. You should have an idea in your head before you even get to the line in case it's a short line. You don't decide what the fuck you're going to do when you get to the front of it. Okay. Nothing makes me more upset. There's a, then there's a giant line at Chipotle and there's, so it's always a hot girl. Like, I'm sorry. It's, it sounds very incel to say that. And I haven't been getting laid as much lately because I've been focused on work. Um, but it's true. All right. The hot girls, they straight up wait till they get to the front to decide what they want. And they go, um, I guess I'll, I, is the steak, will I get more steak or more chicken, depending on which one I order? And it's like, bitch, you don't get to do this. Why are you literally cutting off the rest of the people over here to make time for you to make this decision? And why doesn't that bother you? It's hot chicks and asshole guys, like dudes with money type shit. Um, the guy who sits there and he takes his time getting stuff off of the plane. I have severe ADHD and I can't take Xanax anymore. So planes for me are basically just a drunken nightmare of my personality. Like I'm, you know, it gets to the point where I'm like talking to the person next to me type shit. Uh, because I have so much anxiety about it, about going up into the air in a metal tube and thinking about all the videos I've seen of that shit exploding, like it's terrifying. Tim Dillon was talking about it recently. He's like, make no mistake, we will have a major airline disaster sometime in the next two years because these guys straight up don't give a fuck anymore. They're having to cancel flights because of the lack of um, income revenue. They have some of these planes, which I didn't even know this. Somebody on a podcast was talking about this, still have ashtrays. Just to give you an idea, if you can't remove the ashtray, I'm not confident in your ability to fix things on the plane. Um, so it's a combination of having to be right up next to people who are in their own world for six hours at a time, you know, from the time you get into the airport up to the time that you get off the flight and get through the Uber, get to where you're going. Um, and then also the plane staff, like flight attendants have been so shitty lately. I think I talked about it when I left RJ's wedding. People were still taking COVID seriously. And I brought weed, but I was trying to be everybody's best friend at his wedding where I was the drunkest person. We established that yes, the, the day afterwards. I talked about it. I was like joking and hoping they were going to say, oh, no, no, you weren't. But I was like, I wonder if I was like the drunkest person there. And they both went, yeah, probably. I gave a speech. This was in front of like 130 of my family members and their friends, that type of mix. And I just, I'm pretty sure I bombed and nobody will tell me. Uh, we'll have to have RJ send Markel that video because I feel like he'll be the one person to tell me the truth. But the point is, I ended up giving away a lot of my weed while I was there. Just like, because I would be like, yeah, I fucking live in Arizona and I'm cool because I brought weed over here and you guys could have some. It's like not <laughs> even a big deal for a guy like me. I sell solar panels. So like it does I, 20 bucks an hour plus commission, bro. It doesn't even really matter for me. Uh, it did matter for me. 
Um, and I ran out of weed the night before I was supposed to leave, ended up drinking pretty much an entire bo- rest of the bottle of Captain Morgan that day to sort of combat the hangover from the day before as if I was 15. I don't know why I thought that would fucking work. Ran out of weed at 9 p.m., can't get a hold of germ. And so I'm just stuck there watching TV, unable to sleep, feeling like my insides are rotting out and um, get through the next day. RJ just happens to mention as I'm packing my things up at four in the morning, trying to find the 11 individual pieces of the $400 rental tuxedo I had to get. Um, Just trying to get everything together. He just happens to mention, oh, bro, you you put your knife in your... um, in your checked bag right and i just my face went white because i almost tried to bring a knife through tsa in a gun that clearly smelled like gunpowder to the canine unit it was i mean it was just fucking tough so that's how out of it i was i eventually at one point i'm trying to find a gate and i'm so disoriented i haven't slept in about 36 hours at this point because of i hadn't had any weed and i was that drunk to where i was so sick i couldn't sleep and at one point i asked this guy who was just you know on one of those floor cleaner zamboni looking things at the airport i was like can you help me find the gate and he kept going and like i'm so frustrated sleep sleep deprived at this point i go dude what like that and he goes maybe it helped you took them fucking things out your ears and i realized the reason i couldn't hear him was because i had my fucking airpods in bro it is it was the most ashamed i have ever felt in my life i think i almost started crying um he i was like dude i'm very sorry about that and he points me out to the gate i get on the flight 30 minutes into it, I close my eyes and I start falling asleep and I shit you not. I shit you not. A fucking flight attendant slapped me in the shoulders. A- actual tears came out of my eyes. Like, because I, I forgot to mention, it was, it was mid-COVID, right? So I had the mask down under my nose because human being trying to sleep. And she slapped me in the fucking shoulder because those people are past the point of giving a fuck. And she goes masks up please thank you and i actually like tears came into my eyes i was that fucking sleep deprived uh we got less than a minute here let's do like another 20 minutes or so on another episode okay all right all right i'm gonna All right. Yeah. Just to continue on the traveling thing, I got home after I had been abused by a flight attendant physically and immediately because I hadn't smoked in so long, just ripped three bowls to the face. And from there, I started having audio audio. What do they how do they pronounce it? Auditory auditory. That's got to be it. Auditory auditory hallucinations. Um of someone running around in the first floor of my apartment because my bedroom was on the second floor to the point where I convinced myself someone was down there and I walked down with a knife. So traveling is very tough for me and um, I hope I get to do it at some point for comedy, but you'll probably see a very deranged version of me if I ever come to where you live. Markel, what's next on the list? What do you hate most about friends and family? That's a fun one. I don't know. Everything. No. Um, just the fact that they're the people you care most about their opinions so they can make you the most angry. I stay, I say stupid shit all the time because I'm a human being. My family says stupid shit all the time because they're human beings. And I let, the reason you get into such terrible arguments with them is because it all goes back to the theory. If something makes you angry that someone says about you in an insulting way, it's very likely because there's some level of truth to it. So the more angry you get about shit, the shittier your life probably is, which is the theme of the show. Um, But I, I have always hated that you get into one argument and then it's always up to somebody to apologize at some point. 
it's nice to be able to just cut people out of your life. I don't want that many people in my life. Um, I follow the Tim Dillon bus rule. There should be about 12 people in your inner circle that you would actually care and be affected by if they were hit by a bus tomorrow. The rest of the people in your life, you should just kind of be like, damn, that fucking sucks. Feel really bad for that guy. Um, but with friends and family, I guess I do have at least 12 friends or family members that I would probably be <clears throat> pretty broken up by getting hit by a bus. That wasn't what I was trying to say. It's just very tough to keep up with everybody's individual problems. And then on top of that, understand that your individual problems affect them. Like I, you know, something I've talked about very briefly on this podcast before I once drank nine beers and took, I think, nine Zans, nine Pharmaprams, which were fucking Mexican Xanax. That shit hits while in a um, shitty hotel room at Wisconsin Dells with my family. Like, you, you know, you shouldn't put people who you're, who you care about most in those situations. And unfortunately, you inadvertently end up doing that uh, when it comes to having a family you care about. So, if there's anything I hate about family and friends, it's knowing how much they care about me. I think that's pretty much my piece on that one. What's next? What do you hate most about at school? Um, I've been thinking about this very recently. So just in the past year, I've gotten very into like space videos and shit about philosophy on YouTube, which is incredibly douchey, but it's still fun. It's still fun to enjoy that stuff. I think that I would have enjoyed it so, so much more if that was how it was explained to us in school versus just someone saying, yeah, this is what's on the test for Monday. Uh, you need to pass this class in order to get this grade percentage. It was never explained to us that mathematics and physics and science are what's actually happening happening around us. It was never explained that history is extremely important for, I mean, a hundred different reasons. It was always, you do this so you can get the grade, so you can go to college, so you can make money, which is important. Like it's, that's very important. But I think we would get more people to learn about it and actually give a fuck if we explained it in the sense that yeah, physics is the idea of how we're going to get to the next, you know, how we're going to continue the human race, as opposed to if you don't get at least 70% on this next quiz, you're fucked. That's one thing I always hated about it. And then on top of that, I think we went to a school where, because I was smoking weed and stuff, I was thought of as <clears throat> Walter White in season five of Breaking Bad. I was not, I was not very much into that. And my dad told me at one point, he was like, look, if you had grown up in New Jersey, nobody would give a fuck about any of this stuff. You just, you have to kind of go along with these things until you can get out of here. This is clearly not the right spot for the type of shit you want to do, which at the time was, was cocaine and psychedelics. Very much still want to do those things, but I'm not as focused on them as I was. And, um, a lot of times there were times where I didn't even do anything and I would get pulled aside in school to get breathalyzed or something because the school we went to, there was people placed some level of value on being like, I don't even know how to describe it. An angel child. I mean, for God's sakes, dude, I could not stand that how much of an outcast I was because of doing regular high school kid shit. But that's really just based on the school we went to. I think the thing I hate the most about it would be the way that they teach things. Fucking, if you want to get into math, I don't know if you're a high schooler and you can't get into math, just try and think of it in that mindset and it might end up being a little bit more interesting. I don't know. What's next? What do you hate most about cops? I mean, what do we really have to even, I think we all have heard this one at length here. The thing I hate most about cops would probably be the fact that they're expected to enforce every single law, even the ones that clearly we have 
all agreed on as a society and as people in general do not need to be enforced. I, that's a very white guy perspective on it. I think if I was black, I'd probably be like, I don't know the fact that they just kill people for no reason. I, I don't know the fact that they just can walk into your house and um, if they get a little bit spooked, they will shoot you in the face. And because you were a black guy holding a gun and you thought someone was breaking into your home, it's fine. Uh, because of the fact that you try to use a counterfeit $20 bill and uh, you did you did fentanyl once six and a half years ago, you probably, yeah, you probably a piece of shit. And um, they were right. I don't like, it's very dorky, the Blue Lives Matter stuff. Uh, I've become very much more pro-cop since I moved to Arizona because it's just a different type of police they have out here. But in general, I mean, those guys do whatever the fuck they want and they get away with it. That's definitely the problem. Also, on top of that, we're all supposed to think of them as heroes. Some of them very much are heroes. Make no mistake on that. There's, there's a lot of great cops out there, but they do all sort of cover up for the bad ones. And on top of that, we're expected to call them heroes every time and then not call them out when they do something ridiculous like what happened um, at, at the Uvalde school where there were guys literally in there taking sips of water and putting hand sanitizer on their hands as children were being shot. They're standing there with automatic weapons and full SWAT gear, and they refused to go do anything because they were scared. I get it, man. I'd be scared in that situation too, but I would like to think that if I was, if I went about my whole life accepting free meals uh, and getting onto planes first and getting free healthcare and having Everyone respect you to the point where it's legal for me to say that, hey, you're disturbing the peace. I can handcuff you and throw you on the front of this fucking car. Like it's <laughs> if you're going to do all that, you better get in there when the guns start, like when shit starts popping off. Literally, uh, I don't like the fact that they do whatever they want and we're supposed to respect them no matter what. In fact, I would go as far as to say I hate that. Let's keep moving here. All right. What do you hate most about the COVID-19 vaccine? Uh, another thing that I think people know what I'm going to say, it just, it's the fact that you're forced to get it. I'm uh, very much in the middle on a lot of things. I explained my, my stance on that last time. I, I play both sides so that I can always come out on top. It's having two birds in your hand and asking if one is, if the bird is alive or dead, and then you just you crush one. Uh, and show them the other. Uh, that's a story from the Bible that I just explained very poorly. The point is, I very much see both sides of it. Do I think you should be forced to get the vaccine to have a job? No. Do I think your job should be able to pick what they want um, and have it be their right to say who they hire? Sure. Um, do I believe that young people need it? Absolutely the fuck not. Do I believe that they ever cared about people uh, surviving from it in the beginning? No. They, at one point, hotels are something that did not need to be open based on the fact that we had 80 rooms and I was the only one working there. The, the vaccine was not out yet. They said, they said, go die for $10 an hour. We all thought it was going to be something very serious, which it depends on how you look at it. Yes, I think there was like a million old people that died from it, which is terrible. I believe those people should get the vaccine. I don't believe that I should be forced to get it. That's just how I've always felt. Um, I talked to an Uber driver yesterday that tried to convince me DeMar Hamlin collapsed on the field because of the COVID-19 vaccine. I don't believe that either. I hate the fact, I think what I hate is um, Americans can't get along on anything. We can't have a conversation where we go, that's interesting that you think that. That's what I think is this. It's Oh, you believe that I should have the vaccine? Well, then you're a Nazi. Oh, you don't believe that you should have the vaccine? Well, then you're trying to kill people. No, neither of those two things are true. It's just a matter of opinion, and we can't agree on fucking anything. So when this when this happened, of course, it divided, divided people up um, and caused so much of an issue that I'm annoyed that I'm still talking about it at this point. Uh, I'm annoyed that I ever had to get the vaccine when I didn't need it. I'm annoyed that people can't see the transparency of showing a Pfizer commercial during football games. 
This is not Verizon, okay? You have about three choices, and they told everybody, if you don't get it and you smoke, you are fat, you have any pre-diseases, um, or you're around other people that get sick a lot, which is, I don't know, 50% of Americans at least, then you're going to die if you don't get this. If you tell people that, I'm not sure why the fuck you have to have a commercial during football games for it. I don't, I don't get that. Um, and to me, it seems like it was marketed uh, to the entire, entire country, and they made billions of dollars off of that shit. Uh, on top of that, there were so many times where in California, particular in particular, where the laws were just, I mean, they were really egregious during COVID. I don't think no matter what side you're on, I don't think you could disagree with that. There was a video I saw of a woman crying because she was not receiving enough money from the government to keep her business running. They had just started having success. It was uh, like an outdoor restaurant in L.A., this woman who had started her own business, they shut it down and literally across the street, we're talking like just, just 25 feet across the road, there is a movie being shot. And it's just like, because those people had more money, they were allowed to do what they wanted during the shit. And that woman, they just kind of said, fuck you. Like, here's enough to live. Sorry, fuck your business. You're going to be serving fries again in three months. I don't care. And uh, they ended up giving the PPP loans to places like the Dallas Cowboys when there were people who they told, hey, if you quit your job, you're not going to we're not going to give you any money. There were motherfuckers who a month before this happened were at Burger King and now they make three grand a month. And because my job didn't decide to uh, lay me off. Oh, I still make 10 bucks an hour, but we're going to give 1.3 million to the Dallas Cowboys just so they can keep shit running. It's fucking absolutely incredible that they did that and that they got away with it. And I think we will start to hear more and more about that, the parts that made people that angry uh, as we go along in the years here. What's next? What do you hate most about not having a car? Uh, it's a little embarrassing to, cause when, if you're going out on a date with a girl, you want to go be able to pick her up. And if you're showing up in an Uber, you're like having, you're already nervous about the date. You have to try and get the Uber to go along with the fact that you have now added a second stop for a difference of 58 cents in the ride to go pick this person up. And on top of that, you're showing up in I don't even know, like a horse carriage, but it would be romantic if they had fucking horse and buggy carriages for Uber, but I'm showing up in a Honda Civic with uh, puke stains in the back of it. Okay. That part is not fun at all. On top of that, it's Phoenix. So if it's not 11 o'clock at night, I have to pick up the skateboard and wait at the intersection where a number of different variables can become a problem. Uh, the homeless guy who hasn't eaten or used opioids in the past seven hours is probably going to come fuck with you. Uh, there's always a, a drunk people driving around. So you're trying to get across the intersection. You'll make full eye contact with this person, trying it on the skateboard, and they'll shoot out in front of you and barely not kill you. Uh, I've had people throw stuff at me before. It's It's tough. I'll never be able to drink and drive again. Let's be honest, dude. If you've done it before, you know how fun it is. Having a DUI and then I already have a car. I just haven't been able to pay off my fine for the license. Once I get that again, I can never drink and drive again. That was the funnest part about driving. We used to just do that for fun. Um, I'm going to miss that. But probably the worst part about it is, I don't know, a combination of getting around in the summer where you're always sweaty. There was this girl named Hannah who I'm pretty much still in love with that worked at the jewelry department of Macy's. And the first time I ever met her, like the conversation was going well. Like I wasn't being nervous. I was just talking like a normal person. 
And this was in the middle of July that I started working there. So I would get there drenched in sweat because I couldn't even afford to take the bus. Also, it's Phoenix. So half the time it's 30 minutes late. And I would basically like take showers in their sink and change all of my clothes in a backpack that could barely fit the clothes and go about my day. And the, like the first time I met her, I was like, oh, I saw you come in in like a sweatshirt or like a, you know, shirt and a pair of shorts. Now, now you got jeans and a sweatshirt. And I could have easily just said something like, oh, yeah, they want me to keep a low profile for loss prevention. You know, just supposed to keep changing my outfit every, every so often. Instead, I like started the, the sentence and realized how retarded it was to say to a, a person you're trying to impress by going, Oh, well, you know, it's just, it's July. And on the way here, I get so uh, uh, sweaty. Like, fuck, <laughs> dude. Why don't you just talk about the spider bite you got the day before? You know, like it's, it, it doesn't feel good being an adult. Like this person is in college and has half the hour's worth of income. And they're like driving themselves from class to their shift. And I'm showing up drunk in a t-shirt that you can see how much sweat is on there trying to tackle people over jeans it's really not the not having the car adds so much of a shitty part of my personality to the whole thing that it's it's kind of upsetting uh let's do one more and wrap this up all right what do you hate most about having a podcast this is a good one to end on i think um Really, it is. It's how much I like it versus knowing how stupid it actually it actually is. Right. <clears throat> like a lot. Of, I believe that a lot of my self-doubt just comes from self-hate. That's just me being a bitch. I believe that a, a lot of people in my life legitimately like me and believe that I'm a good person. And so they want to see me do something that they, that they know I want to do, which is the podcast. And so a lot of the times it does feel like people are telling me like as if I was um, a third grader with severe down syndrome that just painted a flower and you can kind of tell that there's a color contrast and you could see where the stem is. And they're like, it's very, very good, Jeremy. That is very good. That's most of the time um, what the self doubt thing mixes into. And it starts to feel like that's what people are doing. Uh, but at the same time, it's what I really enjoy. So yeah, if you're faking that, please keep faking it. Um, on top of that, it's not just the podcast. It's, it's wanting to do comedy and other stuff. I get so excited about it because it is really what I want to do that I start telling other people in my life about it. And I can tell, especially with family, like I, I don't know, man, I was drinking beers and we were talking about the comedy stuff and I was like, yeah, we're actually, we're making a rap song next. And my mom just goes, yeah, don't, please don't mention us in it. And I was like, ah, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like you just, you hear something like that and you snap back into reality. You're like, okay, uh, 120 people are going to watch this over the course of 10 days. And they're all going to be like, oh yeah, that's Caitlin's brother. <laughs> it's very embarrassing. Because uh, my dad like sells software. My mom works for the state of Minnesota. My brother wants to be, he's like a straight A student that wants to be an architect. And my sister has a business degree. And I'm over here just going, uh, the Holocaust is pretty wild, right? <laughs> you know, it's fucking, it's insane. Um, and it doesn't feel that good to be talking about it. And it also feels, but I've realized it feels worse to try and make myself not talk about it. So I guess that's where I'm at with that. I'm not going to stop doing it. I don't think I, I can. I, there's going to be a point where I get to where I might go, this is not sustainable anymore. This is not worth it. And if that day ever comes, uh, I'll be very sad, but that's not the current state I'm in now. It feels very stupid, but I enjoy it. And so I think we're going to keep doing it. Great job, Marco. I thought that was, uh, I thought those were all very good questions and topics. Thank you. I'm going to be doing, if you hear this while it comes out, which will not be that many people, but if you happen to be in Phoenix 
I'm going to do bull shooters tonight. Going to try and work out that Chinese guy joke again. So if you want to keep, come see that live and you're in Phoenix, please come check that out at 7 p.m. Um, otherwise, look out for the shirts. Please go support the YouTube. Joey Capuana on YouTube, at Joey the Viking on Twitter. Markel, anything else you want to plug before you go? Um, just stay blessed. Stay blessed, baby. Stay blessed and have a good motherfucking day, man. Peace.